Hello, this is SFUBD Advantage, a global network of professionals sharing impactful stories about careers in business. Our podcast and online community are produced by the Career Management Centre and Alumni Engagement Office at the Beattie School of Business at Simon Fraser University. SFUBD Advantage explores how teams and leaders are tackling today's business challenges while inspiring future generations of problem solvers and change makers. The topic for season one is demystifying sales, and our host is Reza Nazarinya, an alumnus of SFUBD's Executive MBA program and the CEO of the Sales Lab. Let's get into it. Welcome to the second episode of Demystifying Sales. I'm your host, Reza Nazarinia. We've got an exciting show for you today. I've got uh, a guest that I've known for many years. He is uh, Rob Cripps, and he's the uh, sales manager for Trotter and Morton. And we're going to discuss his background, his experiences. And uh, Rob, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Reza. I appreciate the uh, invite, and I'm happy to be here. So as our uh, podcast starts to take shape and, and uh, we develop it, um, I'd like us to, to go through different concepts uh, that we'll bring to the table uh, and then discuss with it with our guests or, or, or myself. Uh, one of the topics that uh, is very interesting and isn't really talked about is the acronym ROSE, which stands for Return on Sales Effort. And we'll, we'll delve a little bit deeper into that. But essentially, it's the, the yeses when you get a sale are great, so it feels good. The no's sting for a bit. You're upset that you didn't get uh, the, the sale or you're disappointed. But it's always those maybes, and those maybes kill you. And, and it's when a prospect says to you, you know what, this is great, I love it, call me next week, or this, is, you know, this, this makes sense for us, call me later. And you're constantly following up where you have this hope of, I'm going to land the, 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 the sale, or I'm going to get this, uh, you know, the, the, the prospect on board. But it never happens, and it just continues on and on. And that could just be very demotivating where, where you think it'll happen, but just it takes a lot of your time. So maybe we'll start with that, Rob. Uh, maybe we can talk about a little bit about that. But before we go there, talk about your background, your journey into sales and into uh, sales management and leadership. Yeah, definitely. Thanks. Uh, thanks again. Um, my journey with sales, uh, you know, started at a very early age and I just naturally gravitated towards it. It was something that uh, started out in, in, in marketing and, and doing some guerrilla marketing, but naturally moved into uh, professional sales and, uh, and everything that that entails. Um, when you talk about the, uh, the maybe train, no one likes to be on the maybe train, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. And uh, yeah, I can talk a little bit about my background. I, I've had you know 15 to 20 years in, Sales and marketing, uh, been an individual contributor as well as an account manager, sales director, and and seen the full sales cycle uh, from uh, both sides of the uh, uh, of the table. So it's definitely uh, something I've got tons of experience dealing with and and uh, and learning about. That's great. You know what, what's always fascinating to me is is sales is is a difficult uh, industry to be in, and as you know, there's a lot of rejection and uh, you don't always get, get the wins. Uh, what's always fascinating for me to know is how do you stay motivated? How do you handle those uh, rejections? And then what, what, you know, what keeps a smile on your face uh, during those tough times? Yeah, no, I get that. Rejection is a part of sales. It's actually something that, um, 
as a good salesperson, you almost look forward to, you change your mindset and you actually celebrate the no's because they get you closer to the yeses. The one that you talked about, that's the challenging one, is the maybe train. Uh, you have uh, a lot of people uh, that say, yes, I, I want to move forward, but I'll call, call me in a week or call me in a month. And then all of a sudden your pipeline looks really big and really good, but it's just a, a ton of people on the maybe train and, and they're not getting you to your goals and, and they're not doing anyone any favors by staying there. So yeah, having the tough conversations and not being afraid to disqualify some of your prospects or your, your opportunities uh, to get you to the yeses faster and celebrating the no's, knowing that, hey, the more I fail, the, the more I will succeed. That's what it really comes down to, keeping that mindset of how am I going to look at this in a positive way as opposed to letting the negativity drag me down. Me down. That, that's a great point. That's something we brought up on uh, the first podcast where we either have wins or we, or we learn. So it's, it's fascinating that you, you have the same approach. So do you actually take time and, and look at when you don't get a sale or you don't get a prospect on board? Do you analyze, okay, what, what could we have done differently or what, you know, where did I drop the ball or, or you know, what, where, where was it not a fit? Is that something you do actively? Definitely. There's a deconstruction of, uh, of a deal and depending on how long the sales cycle is or how long you've been working on the deal and how complex it is, is how much time you should really spend to deconstruct that and to learn from it. One thing uh, that I don't want to do is dwell on the bad. I want to learn and I want to move on and I want to make adjustments. And you sometimes those uh, those losses that you you incur aren't in under your control. You don't have control over them. So you have to understand that as well. It's some of them are just not a good fit and you need to not dwell on it and move on. But yeah, if you see this a pattern that's similar that you need to identify, you need to correct, make those small adjustments, really look inside and, and introspective um, and, and, and move on from there. That's, that's a f- fantastic point. You know, we, we often uh, hear people buy from people they like and people that they can relate to. And, and being positive, uh, I, th- I think, is, a, is an attribute that uh, anybody can, can uh, you know, gravitate towards. So that's excellent that you uh, are able to take that and learn from it and, and, and apply it as you move forward. Uh, another question I'd have for you, Rob, is if you were to speak to yourself, your younger self, looking to get into sales, let's say you know, you're, you're in university, college, whatnot, and you're thinking, this might be a career for me, what advice would you give to your you know, uh, 20, 30-year-old or, or 20, 30 years ago, self. <laughs> uh, we don't want to date ourselves. But uh, what uh, what, would, what advice would you give yourself? I'd say jump right in. Uh, you know, feet first. And, and the thing with sales, especially at a younger age, is it's very uncomfortable. And what you have to do is get out of your comfort zone as quickly as possible, be open-minded, and just embrace a lot of the opportunities that are out there. Sales is always painted with a red brush and, and, a, and a bad, like it's a bad word, but it's actually not. It's the front end of all organizations. It's what drives organizations and it's one of the most, if not the most important role to, to generate business, to generate revenue. So it's an exciting time. It's an exciting uh, place to be in. Yeah, 20 years ago, I would have said just jump in feet first and, and never look back because the beauty of sales is that there's so many different facets to it. There's, um, you know, various different entry-level sales jobs, and there's more seasoned sales jobs. There's sales operations. There's there's a, a ton of different industries that you can go into that, um, that really um, make sales a great place and a great profession to be in. 
Uh, I, I love uh, that you're talking about the top line with every business, which is interesting. We, we kind of touched base on that on the, the, the first podcast. And, and the fact that every different industry needs to have those sales. Right? They, they, if you don't have sales, you don't have a business. So that, that's fantastic. In terms of yourself now, how do you stay positive? How do you stay motivated? Because as, as we talked about, yes, you learn from these you know, the, the, if you don't get a win, you learn from it. But when you wake up and, you know, it's a month end or, or you know, you, you, you got a number to hit, what, what motivates you or how do you stay motivated? So this would be more for those seasoned uh, reps that are out there listening to the podcast. It's funny you should say that. We just actually did our yearly goals and presented them to the team today. And part of your goals is a balance between your company metrics that you need to hit your uh, company and career goals that you are striving for, but also you can't forget the balance between your personal goals and and what you have going on in the rest of your lives. A lot of people, they don't get up and and go to work for, you know, hitting that sales number. Some people do, don't get me wrong, (laughs) but most people have, have a why, have a reason. And a lot of it comes back to personal goals, family goals, and doing things for other people and helping other people elevate themselves and enhance them and in turn I should say elevate yourself so you know what keeps me positive is 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 looking at the big picture and that balance between family friends uh, career goals and and having pride in the com- competition that I have in hitting my numbers I definitely am proud to be in the sales uh, profession and and have continuously learned and continuously grown to um, shape my craft and so definitely Attitude and knowing your why is key when it comes to uh, keeping focused and keeping positive. I, I love that. Uh, the craft, uh, it's so true that, that it is a craft. And uh, oftentimes we, we look at sales professionals as um, an industry or something they do, but I, I think there's a bit of an artistry to it. So I, I love the fact that you said uh, my craft. Uh, here's another question for you. What, what sort of traits do you think? I know you've got an athletic background, uh, highly competitive uh, basketball and, and, and whatnot. I know you, you, you won some awards. And uh, I know wanting to be the best and, and, and striving for that, you really see that. I've, I've seen a lot of top salespeople have an athletic background. Um, speak to that. What sort of attributes do you think someone should have? So, yes, there's certain things you can learn. There's, you know, you can read books, take courses to become a better sales professional. But in terms of what's, what you have inside, what, what sort of attributes do you think someone should possess uh, looking to get into sales? Uh, when you talk about athletes, athletes do make very good salespeople, but it's because what they've done in the past to get there. It's not something that happens overnight. So a lot of athletes have really strong character when it comes to team building and teammates, as well as individual sports athletes. There's something that that happens when you're a part of a team or you're part of a sport that you have to constantly work at the small things to get better at the big things. So that's definitely, um, you know, athletes are great. But in terms of characteristics, the number one characteristic is a positive attitude. You have to start your day on the right foot. If you start your day on the wrong foot, it can take you down a rabbit hole you don't want to go. So having not only a positive attitude and and being optimistic about the day and what the day and the opportunities can come, but maintaining that attitude throughout because you will get thrown um, daggers or you will get thrown curveballs and you just need to be able to 
manage them, maintain your positive attitude and understand why you're doing what you're doing. What is your purpose? What excites you? What makes you want to take that next step and, and pick up the phone and make that next call and talk to that next building or opportunity that you're looking at? Great, great points. In terms of uh, athletes and, and uh, that background, is this something you do actively in terms of, you know, an athlete practices, right? It's not just about the game day. It's, it's, it's practicing, refining their, their skills and honing their skills. Is that something you do uh, actively? Is that something, you, you know, do you, do you take courses? Do you read books? What sort of things do you do to stay, stay sharp for, for our listeners out there that could take some advice on that? Yeah, definitely. Continuous learning is, is uh, as an academic um, approach, but also you need to practice just like athletes do. And, and do role plays and do scenarios and case studies and look at those uh, in detail so that you can, when the time comes uh, for, for the actual game or the actual opportunity, you, you know what to do and you're not surprised by yourself. So I definitely think that, yeah, continuous learning in terms of courses, in terms of reading books, conventions, um, whether that, that's um, uh, uh, industry functions and learning from, from those types of um, speakers or actual um, courses and, and formal learning. Either way, as long as you're continuously learning and you're continuously improving yourself and your craft, you will be going in a positive direction and people will see that. Uh, so it's interesting you talk about uh, ongoing learning and, and, and conferences and whatnot. It, it reminds me of a story. Uh, we were down in the States and um, there was a sales guru essentially and he was talking about how he can overcome any objection and and uh, he was able to land accounts over the phone and someone asked him well, well you know what do you do if someone hangs up on you when you're prospecting and he said with with a lot of energy and, and a big uh, smile on his face he said I phone him right back I phone him right back say we got it apparently we got disconnected so, which was uh, very interesting for me it always always stuck out for me is there any sort of experiences Rob that you've had uh, whether it was in a course or, or in a meeting or whatnot or sales uh, where you where it left you with something that you know resonated with you and you can share with the audience. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we've all had setbacks where people uh, uh, hang up on us or close the door or you know just really uh, shut down what you're trying to do. Uh, but what you need to do is is remember that um, you know polite persistence and that tenacity is going to get you to that next step. A lot of people say that it takes five to twelve. Uh, touch points or contacts before people really um, make a move and, and decide to to want to buy. A lot of salespeople that start out, they only get to two or three contacts, so they're not even in the game. So a little polite persistence and, and looking at any and all opportunities as a journey as opposed to just being a transaction. It's a, it's a communication between individuals. It's a communication and alignment between two businesses. So understanding your value, understanding the, the values and beliefs of the people that you're trying to connect with, uh, that's, that's key and crucial. And as I said, polite persistence. Um, you don't want to come across as pushy. You don't want to come across as arrogant. No one wants to do business with someone like that. They want to do business, as you said before, with people that they like and they trust and, and have similar values. So, you know, keep persistent, keep going, don't take no for an answer and, um, you know, just can make connections, make solid connections early and often. That's great. D Rob, do you have a story of, or an experience you've had where, where resilience was, was important for you and, 
and you were able to, you know, land an account that you could share with the audience? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. You When you ask a, a, a prospect, how do you want to communicate? How do you want to follow up? And what's the decision-making process? They typically tell you, and you, you want to um, stick to their rules of engagement. But then sometimes when their rules of engagement go sideways, where you followed up by email, you've, you've sent a nice card, uh, you've, you've left a nice voicemail, and, and then nothing happens, all of a sudden you're kind of questioning yourself and you're doubting yourself. And it happened to me uh, you know, two, two Decembers ago where I, I knew this person wanted to do business with me, and we had done business in the past, so I wasn't sure why there was some sort of block. Well, it turns out it was a technical issue that no one knew about. My email was going to someone else, and uh, the voicemail that they had that I had left her, they had just switched over their voicemail systems on their end. So it was unbeknownst to me how I was trying to communicate, how I thought she wanted me to communicate. There were some technical issues that were completely out of my control. Finally, I literally did the traditional, hey, drop into the office, just want to... To, to chat and uh, she said oh this was approved a month ago um, yeah here you go and so you know finding different forms of communication and getting through to people is key and that's what it was is you know not knowing that there was a technical issue and not relying on technology yes you want to use it as a tool but you can't rely on it sometimes you have to go back to basics and just connect with people the way that everyone has in the past I, I love that and it reminds me of a story where, where you talk about the, the different touch points. Uh, when I was in dental sales, we had one uh, large account that, that they did. They were the largest account of a competitor and they would never buy from us. So I made it a habit of in the building when I visited the doctors that, that dealt with us, I would go into their office and I'd always bring the muffins or donuts uh, for, the, for the ladies that were uh, up front and was always very nice, and when uh, I always remember going in there, they're like, you know what, we're not going to buy from you because we're, we're dealing with your competitor. And I always said, you know what, that's not what it's about. Just here to see how you guys are doing. And I think I did that for about eight months. And one time I dropped off uh, some muffins, and as I was leaving, I got a call from them saying, hey, are you around? Can you come back? And I said, sure, what's going on? And apparently the sales rep from the other company had dropped the ball, and they were very upset. So it worked out well, but those eight months of persistence and and, uh, you know, going in there and, and uh, ensuring that I was building a relationship with them paid off for me to be able to, to get land that account, which worked out very well for us. Definitely. you got to keep top of mind and, and keep in front of your, your people that are most important to you. That's great. Rob, thanks so much for joining us today and, and sharing your wisdom, experience, and, and, and knowledge with us. Uh, it's been a pleasure. This has been Demystifying Sales. I'm your host, Reza Nazarene. Thanks for joining us, and we'll speak to you on the next episode. You are listening to SFUBD Advantage, Season 1, Demystifying Sales. Join the discussion group at the SFUBD Advantage online community and submit your questions to be answered in future episodes. Thanks for listening.